when the sun rises I wake up and chase my dreams I won't regret when the sun sets Cause I live my life like I'm a beast This is the Sales Mall Podcast Your hosts, Jerry Hill and Ryan Reiser Talk about the sales game And always keep it real All right, Jerry, I'm, I'm really excited, really excited to start this uh, with you. So why, why did we decide to, to build a podcast? That's what the world needs right now, right? Another podcast? What, what, more webinars and more podcasts. Yeah. Um, there's a gap. Um, I think we work in, a, in an echo chamber in our industry, um, and we often go out and tell people what, what's needed. But actually, the opportunity to have a community which cares deeply about what we experience by being in the field every day is something that I think people would value. Um, the second one is the opportunity to speak to actual operators, not just other sales gurus. Really, really interesting to see how they think and how they affect transformation for their go-to-market strategies. So that that's the opportunity for people to learn from that and us to facilitate that. Yeah, so we're going to take a you know, a, a pretty different approach. Uh, I think some others are, are doing a pretty good job with their content. It's hard to find, but, you know, the first thing we're really talking about here is bringing in real operators. But what, what does that really mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, the sales-to-sales industry is, is pretty dense. When I switch on LinkedIn, all I see are other vendors, other experts are the trainers are the coaches and sometimes the people that we sell to probably get neglected in their vision their expertise and what they experience actually having to go to market with something radically different to where we go to market right which is helping people improve revenue and cost so speaking to companies and people that are inside of companies that are actually valuable and dense and and thoughtful and, and not caught up in the, the vacuum of noise in, in the revenue communities is, I think, just really exciting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny because we were talking about this the other day and uh, the difference between, you know, even just something like title when you are somebody running a business. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you are the leader of the business, you think, hey, title doesn't matter. Um but as you actually get in and now having this perspective, going from being a CEO of two, a business leader started two different companies over the last five years uh, to now being a sales director with a sales title and operating as a salesperson. Um, yeah, I know we're in the sales tech space, so it's still a little bit different, but that perspective changes quite a bit. And so going to others and in industries that don't know anything about the types of things that we do. They don't even have these advanced technologies, I think is going to be really exciting to learn from and get perspective around and, and try to understand their mindset, right? Yeah. We believe things should operate in a certain way because of our perspective. And then I think, I think there's another really important thing you brought up too is, okay, well, there's one thing to learn from what they're doing, but why do people buy? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I know you've been putting a lot of exercise into that. Yeah, I mean, why do people buy? It's it's, it's a combination of logic and emotion. There's a lot of um, leadership around the buying clock at the moment, and there's some really good companies that are trying to help sort of structure and codify it to make salespeople more effective. But actually, 
it's a great unknown for a lot of people. So what I'm hoping that you and I will be able to do is explore this concept with operators around what their expectations of experience, what are the things that ultimately are going to drive the most value to them? How do they go about deciding whether or not a problem is actually a problem worth solving? And then how do they expect to engage? Is it proactive or reactive? And you know, if I if I think we can bring forward some of those insights that helps our community, then I think we're, we're doing a good job on something, mate. Yeah, I mean there's there's you know, there's all these different uh, ideas around you know, you gotta you gotta close them and we you know, we, we showed them so much why wouldn't they buy right now? Well, you know there's a reason. And if we can uncover that and try to understand that emotional state, um, I mean, maybe we can help some folks uh, identify, you know, when there really is an opportunity and, and ultimately when, when that may, that may be an opportunity, but it's going to be a longer, it's going to be a longer cycle. I think we get caught up a lot. Everybody talks about, Oh, we've got a three month sales cycle. In a long way, we got a six month sales cycle. I call bullshit on that. Right. I, I think, I think most sales cycles are much longer and they're just, you know, they're just not tracking it from that real point of initial engagement, which is truly, I always say that first conversation is this pipeline. And so how do we yeah, think yeah. about that um, and that long-term effect and, and how to maybe even manage expectations towards leadership if you're in a role where people are trying to drive you as an, org, as an individual through a certain type of process where, you know, there's a different journey your customer's going through in that buying journey. How do you Yeah, like I mean, you, you and I have both got experiences on the ground of having to design sales processes that are buyer-centered, right? Um, mainly because we come from pre-revenue, scale-up, start-up, next-to-no-money bootstrapped environments, right? So, you know, having sympathy for the buying cycle versus the selling cycle that you want to push them into actually helps you structure better expectations. And, and what I'm kind of hoping, and that's a duality of expectation, right? It's an expectation to your primary stakeholders inside of the companies you're trying to win business with, your next best customer, but it's also the expectations that you set to boards and investors. And um, hearing from operators on the ground about their mindsets, how they go through things, what their fears are, what their fascinations are, and where the opportunities reside around the fears and fascinations, I think, I think you know, that's, that's the white space that you and I can invest time and effort into exploring for everyone. I love that. We're going to have to bring that into those conversations. What's your fears? What's your fascinations? And which yeah. one drives emotional change quicker? Yeah, exactly. Huh? That's interesting. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Neither do I. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, if, if, you, if you look at the, the, the nine data point that a VP or a CRO kind of has a 10-year of 18 months at the moment in job cycle, mm -hmm. I reckon 80% of any decisions that are made right now are What's path of least resistance? Where's the body of evidence that something's going to work for me because I'm scared of making a radical choice? Um, if I think about our work at Connecting Sales Status Quo and, and radical choice is often the biggest competitor we have. And that's because a lot of people are just a bit scared about what it what it actually means. And, you know, I'm, I'm desperate to explore that further with people. Oh, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that, the fears and fascinations. Uh, <laughs> and then I think another thing that's really exciting because, you know, you're across the pond, Hilly. You're, you're, you're on the other, you know, you're on, you're across the pond. Uh, you know, I get to sit over here in the States. We're, we're, we're going to be across some time zones, but we can also start to talk about because of our experiences with, you know, like you, you like to call them the early stage scale ups, you know, mine with the bootstrap startups and shoot market entry. You know, one of my very first jobs, I worked for a French a French bootstrapped 
pay-per-click software company competing against well-funded U.S.-based companies um, and, you know, was one of the very first lead generation specialists and helped them grow their business in the U.S. and, you know, more recently helped uh, some uh, earlier stage pre-funded trying to, you know, raise their first Series A, getting into the states from from your neck of the woods and vice versa. So this market entry concept from the different perspectives, me, this fast driving, fast talking Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got you, you the methodical, what we call you guys over there. I don't even know. Red coat. Uh, what does that mean for market entry? <laughs> uh, what does it mean for market entry? Yeah, no, it's an amazing question. I think I chew on that question a huge amount, right? Um, I get asked that question a lot. And one of the things that I think most people think that they need to do is put boots on the street and it's wrong. So I want to kind of explore that concept with operators around the wins and the losses, the million dollar mistakes, the trillion dollar mistakes, the the things that messed up um, and the things that have gone well. And my gut is telling me those that do it with capital efficiency, either by outsourcing or some other mechanism for the guys that typically win fastest when they, they look at net new market entry propositions into new countries. Just just an idea, but I want to collect, curate that and see whether or not it's in, drawn out in the data. Yeah. Well, and I think we could probably bring in some exciting guests uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective, maybe even some an investor perspective, yeah. right? And the, in, and the individuals who are crazy enough to try to get involved in those organizations at that stage. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's fun too, though, right? Uh, yeah. um, and then, you know, I think the other thing that will be really exciting, um, which I, I've been wanting to do for quite some time, but this would give us a platform to do it, is uh, you and I spending some time in some of these episodes from the front lines, oh, you know? I'll wait for that. What are some of the things that we might be able to bring into those uh, oh, those sessions? Well, you know, I, I think our, our LinkedIn posts from connecting cell operators is uh, becoming quite notorious now. A lot of people really look forward to them. I think the LinkedIn post tells a story that, you know, it's easy just to get in the weapon and take it for a drive but and point it at a market and press press fire. But actually, a lot of people don't see what happens in the bad calls, bad conversations, the the day that you catch that person when they've had a pretty shitty day, man. You, you typically are in the end of the, the firing line for that kind of stuff. So showing that, showing the honesty about that is going to be fun, but also ways that you could potentially circumnavigate that problem or ways that you could potentially find a path to an outcome that's benefit, that will benefit both of you. And, you know, that very tactical piece. What, what we what we cook up in the labs every day by having that many conversations probably will help somebody somewhere. And that, that's yeah. You know, it's it's kind of interesting because we can literally be in a session talking with Connect and Cell running and see if we can catch a few folks and see what it's like live. What happens? Yeah, Not scripted, uncut. I, I've always wanted to do that. Hadn't had a platform for that. So people could see is not perfect, man. And, and it's okay, by the way, because uh, uh, we're all human. And, and, and by the way, if it fails the first time, I think this is a huge myth that I'm excited to explore and get more feedback, but also just bust from my own personal experience. You have a lot more shots than you think. People oh, yeah. like to tell you, oh, you got one shot. Don't blow it. Yeah. You know what? That's not true. Solve a real problem or go away. And, yeah. uh, you know, 
they're not going to remember you unless you, I mean, even if you truly messed up pretty bad, unless you're playing super short game, you call that person back in a month, they're not going to remember you. And I, a quarter, I, had a they're not. Morning, I had a discovery this call this morning. And my opening line to the guy was, Paul, there's a reason why you didn't agree to the meeting with me. What was it? What did you remember from that prospecting call? And he went, to be honest, Jerry, I don't remember what you said. Repeat it, please. And I told him, and he went, okay, good. Then we're going to spend our time well together. Yeah. But the point is, he took the meeting, but he couldn't remember what I'd said to him in that 27-second breakthrough. So if he couldn't remember what I said, the odds are that if I hadn't booked the meeting, he would never have remembered me ever again. So I can take a shot on him again some point in the future. And well, yeah. people think the opposite, <laughs> which is... I had my shot. No, you get many shots. That's why they invented machine guns. <laughs> well, so and the thing is, you know, that was a positive experience, which tend, which tend to make somebody want to think, you know, nicely of you. Uh, I, I, I'm not a psychologist here, but I'm like, unless it's in the moment heated, the angry stuff we forget, we forget really quickly. Um, and you're not even that angry. You're just doing it to get the person away from you, right? And people yeah. fear that. They haven't had enough rejection in their life. They think that they think that the their world's burning. It's like get to that yeah. next next conversation. It's business as I mean, usual. It's hard. Like nobody likes hearing a brutal no. But I just, you know, my my only takeaway on that is if you can get into a mindset where you know it's not you, that you've got every right to trade your job, and that that person's had a bad day. They've had a bad experience. They've had something bad happen. Then get over it and move on to the next one. Because the next one's your next million dollar deal. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. You've got Absolutely. to seek it out somehow. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to keep going. You've and, got, uh, what you uh, get paid for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting. And I'm, I'm actually eager to get back in the weapon again today because uh, I've had a big week. Um, and uh, I've got... I've got Three verbals come in um, through between this week, and all of those came from prospecting in that mid-March yep. shit was happening time frame. And uh, and I haven't stopped. I'm gonna keep going, and that's gonna only keep building on itself. And I think that mindset uh, will will come to fruition. Um, I'm not the best salesperson in the world. I just keep going next, right? No, just keep going, keep next. Yeah, um, and keeping and going so, makes you better, by the way. So that's going to be it as we wrap up this initial introduction to what we're doing here. I, I could be more excited uh, to get this thing started. Uh, we're going to be rolling out episodes at least once a week, yeah. if not. Uh, and we're going to bring in guests. We're going to bring in real operators from all these different perspectives and have real conversations. And from time to time, you're know, going to have some fun learning what it's like to fail, yeah. <laughs> fail to succeed fail from. To succeed. Uh, from the front lines fail to succeed that's what the goal, goal is in this Ryan this is going to be a blast man I'm looking forward to it yep I'm fired up the, man the limey and the Yankee <laughs> ah, there we go that might be it yeah. scrumming with scrumming with and we got it done alright brother, All right, hey, brother. talk next bye. week bye